Hey, what's up? Hello. Welcome to Sounds Fake But Okay, a podcast where an arrow ace girl, I'm Sarah, that's me. And a demi straight girl, that's me, Kayla. Talk about all things to do with love, relationships, sexuality, and pretty much anything else we just don't understand. On today's episode, being a queer woman in a position of power. Sounds fake, but okay. meme if you didn't oh it was meme i genuinely meme. she said that earlier and i didn't want to ask because i didn't want to encourage her i yes along with this some announcements we have uh, some announcements yes along with the m-us, oh, um it'll i promise it works but so we're going to be doing a special live stream episode on may 17th at 5:30 p.m eastern time eastern time so for those of you in, like, Germany, Italy, France, that area of Europe, that's 11.30 at night for you. UK, that's 10.30 at night. West, w- West Coast, Coast, that's 2.30. That's not as fun. No. But we, it's the time zones. You know, what are you going to do? But it's also <laughs> going to live... I think we're probably going to end up doing it on YouTube. Yes. Um, and then have it, like, on our website. And, mm-hmm. and, and, we'll, be, and we'll be posting that pod as usual on oh, Sunday. Yeah. yeah, so it'll be an audio recording. Mm-hmm. But we also wanted to do an actual live stream episode, yes. like a video version, so you guys can see our faces. Finally be able to tell who's talking when. Yes. <laughs> and before Sarah and I don't live together, we were like, we should do this mm-hmm. at least once. Yeah. Um, and in that episode, we're also going to be explaining what's going to happen moving forward with me and Kayla not living in the same place. Yeah. So. What's like, what are we? You know? Who? Really? What, what is this? Who we're are like we? going to be, um, oh, what's it called? DTRing. Oh um, my God. It's going to be, me and Sarah are going to be DTRing finally. Okay. But in terms of the m-uhs, um, mm-hmm. I have a special visual um, one all she set up for that She showed it week. to me and I hate it. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited about it. So. so. Yeah, and you'll uh, get to see our office. <laughs> it's Sarah's bedroom. It's my room. We're going to have to sit next to each other yeah, again like old times. Yeah, we don't usually sit next to each other these We days, used to. But... Me and Sarah used to like basically just lay in my bed and yeah. record. Like we'd start sitting up and then slowly. We, would just we were just up. like worms. Yeah. We don't do that. We don't sit next to each other anymore. And we have another piece of news. Yes. We sounds, are mothers Sounds fake, now. but okay. Now has two official mascots. Yes. They are cows. Yes. Their names are Georgie and Herbert. Mm-hmm. Georgie is mine. Herbert, Herbert is Kayla's. Mm-hmm. Um, they are my, the softest fucking... My, they're crazy. It's like insane how soft they my are. My lovely cousins gave them to us. Yes. And... Thank you, Kate and Abby, and my Aunt Jeannie, who's yes. a patron. So we love Aunt Jeannie. She yeah. got stickers. She's a patron. Um, <laughs> but we they gave those these to us, and Kate had been telling me about this for a while, but she wouldn't tell me what was in the package. And I oh finally got the package, and and I received a picture from Sarah. She was like, "Look what we have received," and I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" So it was a very exciting. By the text. time this episode is up, you will be able to find Georgie and Herbert on our social media. They're adorable, and they're we the softest things on the planet. A full blown photo shoot later today. It's you know you we know, have a lot of plans. It's, it's like the the the, the squishiness of these things it's, is like it's, it's it can't be defined. It's almost it's like kind of like a stress ball type of squish, like you know when you put yeah. like sand or whatever in a balloon and it's yeah. like one of those. It's kind of like that, but like it's also like a stuffed plushier. It's I like don't. It's insane. I, I think they're it. like. Kelly Toys, that's, yeah, yeah. Kelly Toy you, is in, the brand. If you're in the U.S., you can get them at, like, Walgreens. Or probably like, even Amazon they have them. Probably. They're amazing. My cousins have a bigger one, which is how they discovered I love these things, is because she brought it to, like, Christmas or something, and it's I was like, I like, love this. It's insane how soft it is. I want, like, 20. But there are mascots. Now. Yes, we have new mascots. We're going to take a lot of pictures. I really want to get small graduation hats for them <laughs> um, and take them on our photo shoot for graduation. I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> So, and then no. hopefully when I move, I can, I'm going to take Herbert with me. Mm-hmm. We might do some flat Herberting. Yeah, it'll be like, for those of you who are familiar with Flat Stanley. It, it'll be around, around it's Herbert. around the world. And I'll be bringing Georgie places. Right, so we're going to have a, we can, we'll, 
Yes. <laughs> when I was in second grade, we made Flat Stanley's. Yeah, we had Flat And Stanley's. then over spring break, we brought them places, and mine was named Flat Michaela, and I brought Flat Michaela to Chicago, <laughs> and it was great. When I went to youth group, mm. we had Jesus Pillow, mm. who was... You've seen Jesus Pillow. You've seen... I think so, yeah. I get made fun of a lot about Jesus Pillow. But it was like a Flat Stanley. It was a pillow of Jesus, and so we... Sometimes when people in youth group like went on vacation, they would bring pillow Jesus or mm-hmm. Jesus pillow and take pictures. So there's mm-hmm. pictures of me and my sister in New York with mm-hmm. Jesus pillow. Nice. So it'll be like that. Cause I might try to go, there's a conference, like an asexuality mm-hmm. conference type thing in mm-hmm. New York, I'm which is going to be close to where I'm living. Um, so I'm thinking about going to that. So I'll bring Herbert. Bring Herbert. Bring Herbert. And it'll be the only way you can tell who I am. Cause we don't have merch yet. And it'll be like, Oh, well, that girl's a cow. So that girl's a cow. Well, no, I've, I've, known people who have like been to cons and they're like in the people I know from the internet and this one person her shtick was that no one knew her real name and no one knew what she looked like um and like she was very she stuck with that yeah and so when they did like meetups of like the fandom at cons she would be like I have this stuffed animal this is where I'm going to be find the stuffed animal the person with it is me <laughs> honestly I might do that I might be like I have Herbert if you see Herbert, yeah, it me. It I don't know me. if anyone that listens to this will be there, but if they are, it would be cool. It would be cool. Awesome. And I can take notes and come up with new podcast ideas. I have big plans. So TLDR, live stream, May seventeenth, five thirty p.m. Eastern. Yes. Mascots, Georgie and Herbert. Yes, not in love. No. Kayla asked me if they were in love, and I said no. I mean, I think they are in love. They're in love and... in a platonic way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> what are we talking about this week, Kayla? This week we are going back to our roots. We're mm-hmm. a-winging it. It's, it's not... I have some notes that I've I made a long time ago. I don't have anything. But we are in the midst of final season, mm-hmm. so we, you know, this is how it is. But we've had this idea for a while. We have. We just were waiting to do it until we got more experience. Yes. So this week we're talking about being a minority person mm-hmm. in a position of power mm-hmm. whether that be a spec or whether that be the fact that we are both women women and we've both had some experience with that yeah so kayla tell me about what experiences you've had with that i think well i think the biggest experience i had of like being in charge or in power was when i directed our musical Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about it before, but Sarah last year wrote a musical, and it was, like, about asexuality. One day, hopefully, it will be somewhere that you guys can see it. I dream of that day. I also dream of that day. Um, anyway, tea. Um, but I directed it, and it was, like, it took a semester, like, Sarah wrote it over a long period of time, and then mm-hmm. we had a semester to cast it and get everything together. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, like, the most I was ever in charge of, because it was, like, what, maybe 40 people mm-hmm. that I was in charge of, and it was, like, all of the actors. I had to do, you know, all of the tech and the crew and the props and all of that. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of people managing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was interesting because it was a musical about asexuality, and, like, a lot of the cast people didn't really know what asexuality was when we first were going into it, mm-hmm. and it was, like, the theme of the musical, so yeah. I had to make sure everyone, like, understood so for that one it like helped that that was my identity because I was kind of coming at it as like an expert kind of or more knowledgeable than the people Mm -hmm. below me I guess but yeah I I mean I think definitely the biggest impact it has for me and like in other places that I've been in charge or like in a leadership position like being a woman I think is the the more difficult part yeah I would definitely agree and I think that has to do with this this concept that we've talked about before of the fact that a spec identities, at least our a spec identities, are a little bit more invisible. Yeah, and so they can fly under the radar and not mm-hmm. have as big of a as an impact. Did you? So when you were directing Bloom, a lot of the people who were in it were already our friends. Yes. Does was that an issue for you? Did you struggle with that? Yeah, I remember there was a few times where I was, like, having trouble with certain people, like, it felt like they didn't, like, respect me as much, or, like, if I told them, like, hey, can you quiet down or try mm-hmm. to do stuff, they, like, wouldn't, and I think mm-hmm. it was because we were close friends. Yeah. Like, I remember there were a couple times where I asked you, like, can you talk to this person? Like, mm-hmm. I just can't. So I think it was hard, like, 
being strict with people Mm -hmm. that were my friends, and I'm already someone that, like, worries that everyone hates me. Mm -hmm. So that was also a big, and that was more of a personal thing. Mm -hmm. But I think it also comes with being a woman, is I was, like, afraid to be kind of more strict or just Mm -hmm. more, like, blunt about things. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, having people that were my friends definitely was hard. It was also made certain things easier. Yeah. Because um, you know how to deal with people, you know right. how certain people react to things. Yeah. But I think it was it was kind of interesting because, so last year I directed a show, and this year I assistant directed a show, and I found mm-hmm. myself having a lot easier time, like, being hard on people mm-hmm. when I was the assistant director. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just because it, like, wasn't my thing, so I was, like, a little bit removed from it, or mm-hmm. if I was, like, these people know me better now. Maybe it was, like, I'm graduating, so if they hate me, like, that's their problem because I'm leaving. I mean, also, I mean, I th- this is jumping a little bit forward, but um, my assistant director helped me a lot when I was directing this semester, and I think it was in part because she was not the one who was tasked with being the spearhead, yeah. and so she could say things and do things that I was a little bit more nervous to say and do because it's just a different role. Yeah. Yeah. So I found myself having, and, like, my director for that was, like, not as willing as me to, like, be hard on people Mm because she was worried about, you know, how they were going to then see her. Mm -hmm. But for me, it didn't matter because I was mostly there. My role was mostly to support the director and not, you know, do whatever with the cast. Yeah. Um, I also think it just, like, has stuff to do with, like, how like, how much I've grown since last year and everything. Yeah. But it, it definitely was interesting. Yeah. So, in our theater org... I feel like this is an interview. In our theater org... <laughs> yeah. It is majority um, women and non-binary, non-binary yeah. identifying Very people. few men. Very few men. And very few straight men. Yes. Very few straight white men. Yes. So wild. Did that impact things at all, do you feel? Um, I mean, I do think it makes it easier to talk about certain things. I guess, like, these are people, especially since they were all, almost all, already queer, or, Mm -hmm. like, queer adjacent, Mm -hmm. I guess, like, kind of in the culture of it. Yeah. Because, you know, theater is very gay. Um, so I do feel like it made things easier, like, I wasn't worried that anyone was gonna come at me and be like, well... The theme of this musical is stupid because it's asexuality, and, like, I don't know about that. Yeah. Because, like, there's also already so many ace people in yeah. the Yeah, I mean, that that is the place where most of the ace people I Yeah, know it's are. an incredibly high proportion. Mm-hmm. Like, it is kind of insane. Um, so, yeah, I feel like it made that easier. I still think, like, even though it was other, mostly, like, other women or non-binary people I was working with, mm-hmm. I do still think that, like part of why I was afraid to be strict or, mm-hmm. like, have people mean mean to me was because I'm a woman. You don't like, want to come across as a bitch. Right. Yeah. And, like, I'm very aware that I do come off that way sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think it's, and I've, I've said this a lot to different people, is I don't think I would be insecure, as insecure about just, like, my personality in general if mm-hmm. I was a man because yeah. I am a very outspoken person. I think that would be the case, yeah. Yeah, and so I think... If I had the same personality as a man, I would probably think it was normal, but, like, mm-hmm. I worry a lot about how outspoken and opinionated I am, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of the reason I'm worried about it is because I'm a woman, mm-hmm. and so that that came into play with, like, worrying about how I was talking to people yeah. when I was directing them. Yeah. Lit. Indeed. But I think it also came with, with good parts, because, like, my leads were women, and so mm-hmm. being able to, like, relate to them and... Like, there was a lot of stuff about, like, I don't know, love and romance and sexuality. And so me being mm-hmm. able to, like, relate to them, like, woman to woman mm-hmm. about that, I think made it a lot easier. Especially, like, yeah. there was a lot of emotions in the show. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's a stereotype that women mm-hmm. are more emotional. But I yeah. think I'm probably much more emotional than the average yeah. man. And so I think that helped, too. I, yeah, I found, again, jumping forward to my, to my little bit. But when I was when I was directing, I was much more comfortable directing women mm-hmm. than men. Yeah. And my professor said, I mean, that's often the case, is that mm. you're more comfortable with one gender or the other or another because there aren't just two genders at uh-huh. all. There's actually none. There's no genders. But he said that it usually is the gender that you identify with mm. you tend to be better at working with. Yeah. and. That's true. Mm-hmm. In in my case, I think that's 
especially true of female directors, um, because I just... One of the actors I had known for a little while, I didn't know her well, but I had interacted with her. The other one I had never met before this experience, and although the two male actors we had, one of them I had known for a little bit longer too, one of them I didn't, I was still more comfortable talking to both of the female actors in a in a direction mm-hmm. manner. When I was just talking to them outside of things, it was like yeah, it didn't it didn't make. Well, a it's difference. just like it's weird to tell a man what to do. Yeah, like it is. And I think like for me, I was a pretty physical director. Like I would get in there with them mm-hmm. and like be like moving them around and like touching them. Mm-hmm. And I think I was probably a lot more comfortable doing that with the women yes. than I was with the men. Yeah. Also, what I realized that I think is somewhat similar between our two experiences is, so your movie that you directed... Yeah, hold on. Can we just, like, preface it with what happened, would not, not what happened, what I was doing as yes. a director. So, yeah. um, I directed a film this semester. Um, actually, that was it. Okay. I directed a film. Sorry. Continue. Um, so what I see is a little bit similar is, so you had a full-on sex scene in your film. I had two of them. You had two of them. I did not have a sex scene, but there was this, like, song we did that mm-hmm. was, like, kind of a metaphor, basically, for this girl just, like, having sex with a ton of people. Yeah. But, so the one actress, who was our dear friend, Estretha, mm-hmm. and she was such a trooper with this, because mm-hmm. she was also uncomfortable, but we just had her basically, like, dance, you know, sexually with mm-hmm. some men, and I was too uncomfortable to stage the scene myself, mm-hmm. so our friend Aaron, who wrote mm-hmm. the music... Who's also been on this pod. Who also, yeah, she was on the bisexuality episode. Mm-hmm. Who was just, like, much more comfortable with her body and her sexuality than I think mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. Sexuality in terms of, like, just, like, having... Not your identity. Not your identity, like, like the, the yeah. sex. <laughs> um, so I had her do it, and it ended up really great, so I'm glad I did, mm-hmm. because I liked the scene a lot. But, like, I was uncomfortable yeah. asking them, like, can you grind now? Thank you. Yes. Like, it, I, was, it was weird. I was extremely uncomfortable dealing with the sex scenes, plural. Yeah. And they weren't even that explicit. It It's... It's basically what happened is it's two sex scenes that are being intercut with each other, so that they're basically, like, one. And because of the intercutting, we don't have to show anything. Yeah. Like, it's all implied. Yeah. They were really just, like, making out for a hot second. Yeah. You know? But I was so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, like, I knew going in that it was going to be something I was not going to be good with. Yeah. And I, like, I texted both of the actors individually beforehand. Also because my professor was like, it's a sex scene. You want to make sure you know what their boundaries are. Yeah. You know? And so I texted both of them and I was like, all right, full disclosure, I'm ace. Here's what that means. <laughs> he, like, that is going to influence yeah. how this happens. Yeah. And I never actually really had a conversation with them about that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But I, it was important to me that they knew. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't often, like, just come out to people. Yeah, that's very rare for you. Yeah, but I was like, I feel like it's important for them to understand where I'm coming mm-hmm. at this from. I, here's, there's a lot of different things that are, like, intertwined of why it made it so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that made it hard was I find that the more technical aspects of directing, like blocking and figuring that kind of stuff out, like working with my director of photography, I was not as good at. And that is, I would say, mostly experience. I just don't have the experience there. I didn't anticipate directing this film this semester. My professor really pushed me to do it, which I'm glad that he did. But I... I didn't have any intentions going into this of directing a film, and so I wasn't prepared for that sort of thing. Also, looking at the gender split of my crew, it was really cool because almost everyone who was above the line, which means, like, producers, assistant director, hold, like, that group of people. Yeah, like your production team. Yeah, um... Very heavily female. My head producer was female. My assistant director was female. My second AD was female. Your writer was female. My writer was female. Um, One of my other producers was female. The other producer we had was male, but he identifies LGBTQIA+. Um, 
so <laughs> there was there's and that was something that was a big deal and in the class that I that I did this production in two films were produced and the other film also had female writer female director which is very cool and then all of them had female leads which was just a fun time <laughs> um but then so I had there were there were a lot of women on the team but then if you looked at the um the more like in it production stuff mm-hmm. um like if you're looking at the camera crew the editing crew art it was very much divided on gender lines mm-hmm. um my lovely lovely dp who i owe my life is a guy the entire camera crew were male yeah, which i think is is very common yes for those more crew yeah roles gaff so lighting male um our onset sound guy male um our post-production sound person is female one of the editors is female the rest of the editors are male yeah um we had two art people both female and so there were definitely like distinct lines our unit production manager um who's like a pro- he was he was acting as a producer but also he was dealing with the money male yeah making sure that sets were running on time that's kind of his job male and so that was as as great as it was that we had made these steps into like getting more women above the line there was still a pretty distinct gender split and i think i became very aware of my gender in the moments when i didn't know the technical stuff Mm. because i was like there aren't a lot of women who do the technical stuff. And so I am very aware of the fact that I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. For some reason, I'm really bad at blocking. I think that's partially just because the blocking is like where people go in scenes and where the camera's going to be and where, where people are going to move. I think that's partially just because I have trouble visualizing it. I have, I have trouble. Like that's partially just my own brain and not, not my gender, but like, yeah, there, there were, there were aspects that I relied heavily on, my DP for, and I'm very glad I did because he is the light of my life. But, <laughs> but if you're listening, hi Trevor. Hi Trevor. But <laughs> I was very aware of my gender in those moments where I was like, I know nothing mm-hmm. about the technical stuff. Yeah. And it was just like, I wish I knew more, but also I know it's not my thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that. Yeah. It's and just like so, not what you're as interested in. Exactly. And so it was kind of, like, this weird in-between of, like, I want to be better at it, but also it's not... I don't want to, like, dedicate my life to it. Yeah. (laughs) So that was interesting. I'm most interested... So I didn't... I didn't know that you did this. So that you texted the actors and Mm -hmm. you were like, hey, I'm ace. Yeah. So I mean, it was... There were a lot of other things in that text, too. Well, yeah. Yeah. But for you, I mean, you really don't... You don't do that often. Yeah. So, and like, and I totally get why it was important to put that out there for them to know and everything. Mm-hmm. But like, what was that like? I considered not doing it. I considered sending them that text without that information in it. But ultimately, I decided I was like, I see no reason why either of these people is going to be a dick about it. Like, mm-hmm. I see no reason why that yeah. would happen. And it's important to me that if I. Because I got thrown into this directing thing. It was a steep learning curve that got steeper as it went, I think. And I I didn't want them to think I was, like, completely inept. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted them to... Like, if I was struggling, I wanted them to understand what was going yeah. on. Yeah. And I think that was a big part of it. Also, I just... I felt like transparency was important given that, like this is the scene where I'm about to make you, like... Yeah. Like, they weren't wearing shirts. <laughs> like, so, I was like, if you're gonna be doing that, like, I should be being transparent with you, too. Yeah. So, that's what happened. In terms of the blocking of the sex scenes, um, my lovely AD, who also saved my life approximately 100 times a day, I love you, Austin, hello. Hello. She and one of the, um male crew members who was about the same height as the the actor they acted as stand-ins and they (laughs) did a lot of the 
figured out a lot of the blocking themselves, bless their souls. It was <laughs> awkward, <laughs> but they Sounds did. like it. And so it helped me a lot to be able to, like, have other people being like, okay, what what feels natural here? Because it's like, I don't know what feels natural here. Yeah. I know what I've seen on TV, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I I just don't have a good instinct for what... I mean, I could probably figure it out, but it's just, like, it, it's easier coming from someone who's done this before. Yeah. And yeah. so I put a lot of trust in them to figure it out. Also, the actors were very... They were all in. They were like, yeah, we're, we're just gonna do it and it's gonna be fine. Mm-hmm. Which was wonderful. Um, but... And luckily, it ended up being a lot of, like... Because, I mean, there is blocking to be done. Yeah. There's, like, because there were being closed that were being removed, yeah. it was like, okay, you need to take this part off at this point. Mm-hmm. And then you need to do this thing. And yeah. then... So, like, I was able to look at it a little bit more objectively in those situations. Um, luckily, we did the 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 shorter one first. So I kind of, like, dove in on that. Yeah. And then the second time, I was like, I feel a little bit more prepared. But I did panic. <laughs> I panicked a lot that first day that we shot that those first. Was it uncomfortable scene. when they were shooting it? Not really. Because, I mean, we also made sure that one of the things the actors wanted was they wanted to make sure that there was an equal number of men and women in the room. Mm. So we made sure we had an equal split and everyone else was in another room where they couldn't see anything. Mm. And everyone was, like, everyone was doing their job. Like, the camera team was focused on camera stuff. I was looking at the monitor. Like, the sound guy was doing sound. Like, he, like, so in it, I mean, I can't speak for how the actors felt, but they were very professional about it. And... I mostly just felt bad for them because it was fucking freezing in that building because we found out after we got there that there was no heat and it was about um, 35 degrees Fahrenheit that day, which is just above freezing. (laughs) So I felt so bad. Her nipples must have been very nipply. I mean, we had pasties. Good for her. But. Yeah, that's just wild. I don't know. Yeah. But, I don't know, in terms of directing in general, I... One of the first things that really I remember very clearly that I was like, ah, gender, was we were in rehearsals with the actors, and my professor just basically threw me in head first, and I was terrified, and I was like, <laughs> and at one point in rehearsals, towards towards the end, um, like the towards like close to when we were gonna start shooting, he, my professor was like, stop asking the actors if they want to do things. At this point, you need to tell them to do things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I didn't even realize I was asking. That. Yeah. And at the beginning, I think it was partially just because I was like, I you don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I want to hedge everything I'm saying so that if yeah. it ends up being stupid, <laughs> like, but eventually I had to be like, this is what I want you to do. And that was something that was weird for me because yeah. I, I, I don't, I, as a woman, that doesn't often happen, yeah. where I have to just tell someone what to do. It's funny, because thinking about... I, was, I can't remember exactly, like, how rehearsals went for me for the show I directed. Mm-hmm. But thinking about, like, how I would ask someone or tell someone to do a certain stage direction, my instinct would to be to say, can you go over here and do this? Yeah. And, like, that's not really asking someone... But like, it's, it's kind of asking permission. But it's it's hedging. It's not it's me hedging. saying, hey, go over there and do this. Like, it's still, like, a very polite way of yeah. directing someone. Yeah. And that's, like, I, I'm sure that's what I did the whole time. Because mm-hmm. I can't fathom saying, t- telling someone, like, hey, go over there and do this. Yeah. Like, you ask, I would say, can you, you know? Yeah. Like, I just can't yeah. fathom doing that. <laughs> right. And I... One of my biggest issues, it's two related issues, and it's all related to gender, so oh, three yes. related issues, is I'm very, I'm a very indecisive person. Yep. The director is the person who makes all the decisions. 
And so people would come to me with questions, and I would be like, ah, <laughs> so you, I don't know. Did you find yourself still indecisive mm-hmm. in that situation? I got better at it. I And the reason I got better at it is because I had a wonderful group of people around me who were like, Sarah, you need to do this thing. Yeah. <laughs> and... Part of the other the other kind of half of that problem with indecisiveness is that I'm not a very assertive person. And I think that's in large part because of my gender. I think it's partially because of my personality, but then it's like, well, where does where is there a line between personality and gender? You yeah. know? Like yeah. they they influence each other. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least gender influences personality. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not very assertive. And my Specifically, like, my AD and my DP, they're lovely, lovely souls, were, like, they basically kind of pushed me to be, like, you need to be more assertive, you need to make decisions, if it's the wrong decision, we can change it, mm-hmm. but you need to just make decisions, like, yeah. you need to just do things, and I, I think that was, that it was, like, halfway through the filming process that they were just, like, that you... Yeah. And they didn't even mean it as, like, an intervention. Like, I think we were talking about other... Yeah. We were talking about other things. Yeah. But it just kind of made me realize, like, okay, this is a weakness I have. Yeah. I need to um, fix it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I tried to. And I I improved. I know I did. I have a long ways to go. I know that. <laughs> but, like, they... There was definitely a learning curve, but I think I wouldn't have become aware of the learning curve if it had not been for those people mm-hmm. who kind of like pushed me in that direction and so I'm very grateful they did that and but like the reason I was struggling with those things I think has a lot to do with my gender mm-hmm. what I think is interesting is like I'm also quite an indecisive person mm-hmm. but I think I found that when I was directing that didn't really come up mm-hmm. but I think it's because like, a lot of my indecisiveness comes from, like, worrying about, like, other people not agreeing with me. Or, mm-hmm. like, even, like, deciding where I want to go to dinner with someone. It's like, yeah. well, I don't want to decide because what if what I pick isn't what they want and mm-hmm. then they're upset and blah, blah, blah. But, like, when I was directing, it was kind of like, okay, if I decide to make the scene go this way or I want the set to look like this, like, is anyone gonna be upset with me? Like, probably not. Mm-hmm. And if they do, like, it's not their job. So, I don't... It was... It was interesting that that didn't impact me as much yeah. in that situation when you think it might. There were also there were also times where I was letting too many opinions come at me mm-hmm. um, and hearing from too many people at once and not being like, no, I'm the director, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. And at one point, someone told me, they were like, I have no idea how you can handle that. Like, I would have snapped at someone by now. And I was like, I didn't even realize that was happening. Mm-hmm. Because that's just, like, how I operate. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not usually in charge of things. Yeah. And so I just, I, I didn't even realize that I was, it wasn't that I was letting people walk all over me because that's not what was happening. Because they were genuinely just trying to help and yeah. contribute. And I, I welcomed like help and contributions but I didn't know where to draw the line of like Mm -hmm. this is my decision and this is what's happening and we're doing it now yeah and there were a couple times towards the end where I was where I got to that point after probably talking about it for too long where where I was like no this is what we're doing and they were like okay yeah but I mean that was something I struggled with especially if it was people who were like outright disagreeing with me on things Mm -hmm. was difficult to handle for me but I basically had to just be like no this is what I'm the director the other thing I I kind of struggled with was I was very insistent on not being a diva director (laughs) part of that is definitely my personality yeah I don't want like a ton of attention like I don't want people to like go out of their way to like do stuff but I also think part of it was because I didn't want to be construed a certain way as a director. And a lot of male directors, I think, are diva directors. But they're they're not seen as diva directors because they're men. Yeah. And I was very conscious of that. And then there were some times where I literally told, like, someone was like, do you want this? And I'd be like, I don't want to, like, yeah. I, I would literally be like, I don't want to be a diva director. And they would be like, no, I'm, I'm going to do this. And I was like, eh. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, I felt bad that they were doing it. And was it useful? Yes. <laughs> but, like, I just felt guilty mm-hmm. that they were doing stuff for me, even though that was their job. And yeah. they were helping me do my job better. Yeah. Because I felt like, like, I just didn't want to be that person who was asking for too much. And yeah. sitting on my high horse and being like, do this for me, do that for me. See, I had no, <laughs> had no problem with that. We're, we're just very different people in that respect. Well, yeah, and I think I think the situations were different, too. Like, the, the club I was directing for, I had seen a lot of directors before refuse help mm-hmm. at all and, like, do everything themselves, and I saw how it impacted certain things and, like, mm-hmm. how it stressed it made them, and I was yeah. going into it, I was like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So there, there were a lot of times where I would, like, get things in, and I would immediately delegate them and say, mm-hmm. like, no, I'm not... I yeah. will not take the time to do this when I know someone mm. else can do it. Like, yeah. 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 I, I think it was also just that I, I didn't go into my, starting my film degree being like, I want to direct. Yeah. And I think I've mentioned this before, but a lot of times previously when I had been on set, it was mostly to get experience on set and like to get a feel for how things were. Mm-hmm. I was never assertive enough to be like, Like, I was like, oh, it'd be cool to direct. But I was never, I feel like, I I didn't feel like I had enough passion for it to be assertive enough to be like, no, I'm going to direct. So I would do the jobs that no one else wanted to do. Part of that is because, yes, my interests do lie more in writing. Part of that is because I, I think it's because of my gender. Because I think there were other people who may not have been dead set on directing either, but they ended up directing because they stepped up and they were assertive and they were like, no, I want to try it. And I just never did that. Mm-hmm. Um, also because there were... And I'm thinking of one specific situation where we were in a group of seven and I was the only girl. And so I I had written the thing and I had already dealt with that. And I was like, I... The thing I want most is to be a writer. So if you let me do that, I'll do whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but I definitely... I don't know if I would have... Asked acted differently or had a different role had I been if I were a man. Yeah. I don't know. What's and so wait, sorry, one more thing. Yeah. And so I had never really paid attention to directors too closely before because I didn't anticipate doing it. And then when I was encouraged to do it, then I felt super unprepared because I was yeah. like I hadn't considered doing this. Yeah. And then I also felt kind of guilty because I was like I knew how many people wanted to direct. Yeah. And the fact that I was chosen even though I didn't even yeah. apply to do it in the first place, I felt a little guilty about. Well, but that's not. But you also have to find the right person for the project, and I think they, I think it was really important to them that they have all female mm-hmm. directors. Yeah. So. I just think it it was funny because the year before you directed this movie, we direct I we did Bloom, mm-hmm. and I remember you saying I do not want to direct. Yeah, like you were like I want nothing to do with directing. Mm-hmm. Like that's not what I want. And I was like, well, like I want to do it. So like that's fine. You write it, I'll direct yeah. it. And you were still really involved in the process. Yeah. But like I remember you saying like I don't want to direct. I think that was in part because, um, I know the dangers of directing your own. Yeah, thing. that's yeah, that's definitely um, true. I would. I mean, watch me eat my words later, but I never see myself being writer-director mm-hmm. on anything. As someone who has directed someone else's stuff, you you have to make choices. Mm-hmm. And it may not be exactly what they imagined, and um, my writing is my baby. And I cannot be the person to to be like, well, this isn't going to happen, I'm going to have to change this. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't think I could do it. But also, I just, I didn't feel equipped to direct I think mm. also and now here I am yeah <laughs> well because when when my professor was trying to get me to direct I initially said no and then he pushed me again and my mom was like Sarah you should do this <laughs> um and then I ended up doing it yeah. but I had to be I had to be pushed to direct yeah like even like people had to push me into it and had those people not done that I wouldn't be there I wouldn't be where I am I wouldn't have had the experiences I've had I wouldn't have a film premiering at a film festival. Like, I, there's yeah. a lot of things that would be very different. And I'm grateful that those people, like, pushed me to do better so that I could be here. But, like, historically, women haven't been pushed to do those things. Yeah. And that's the tea. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else that you have to say about being a woman 
in a position of power, being a queer woman? I mean, not really. I think we've mostly said it all. I mm-hmm. think, like, for me, definitely me being a woman impacts stuff a lot more than me being queer. I think mm-hmm. the most that being queer does is, like, relating to the other people I'm in charge of, maybe. Yeah. Or it just doesn't come up at all. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I felt good about when I was in this position of power was that I got final say on casting, which meant I got to give myself a diverse cast. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you're obviously limited to who you have auditioned, but it was important to me to do that. The two lead characters, like, the actors are white, but the other two characters are not white, and, like, it is not the greatest that both of the leads are white and then the supporting characters are people of color. But it was important to me that we had people of color represented. And so I fucking did. And I was like, this is cool. I'm glad I get to do this. Yeah. Casting is fun. I definitely liked just <laughs> having the power. Well, I it, it there is something empowering about, like, being the one in charge. Like, I remember when we were casting for Bloom at one point, we mm-hmm. were talking about, I don't remember who it was, we were talking about casting of a certain character Mm -hmm. and I was like well this is like who I think it should be Mm -hmm. and Aaron who was casting with us was like all right well you're in charge so that's who it's going to be there and I was like there were a couple times there were a couple times at the beginning where like people would ask me questions and I'd be like I don't know it's like we should ask and then I'd be like me 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 I'm in charge (laughs) this is why you asked me (laughs) I'm like like what like I have no one else (laughs) like what instead I would turn to my AD and be like Austin help me (laughs) (laughs) but I don't know it is it is cool having that final say TLDR being um, a woman sucks (laughs) being a woman in a position of power is hard but I think it's great and it's worth doing and if you have the opportunity to do it or if you have the opportunity to push someone you know who you think would be good at it to do it do that because I think a lot of women might have great potential in doing something and they're not going to do it on their own Mm -hmm. because they're a woman and they have certain expectations of what they should do and what their assertiveness level is and they need to be pushed to do stuff which is how I ended up here so yeah yay we just did a gentle high five indeed okay uh so what's the pull for this week i don't know i was just thinking about that maybe like women yes 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 and yes (laughs) that would be the secondary poll i think fine primary poll how about how about this how about i want to ask some sort of question about because whether or not a person has been in a position of power, they have had other people in a position of power over them. Yeah. So I guess I kind of want to know what the gender split is. Hmm. Like, people who have had bosses and people who have had directors. I think teachers is a different situation because teaching is a, a heavily female. Yeah, lots of women. Um, because of all sorts of stereotypes and things. Yeah. But... I am kind of curious to see, like, in terms of bosses, directors, like, presidents of groups and clubs. Mm-hmm. Like, fun thing, on our Quidditch team, last night, we elected our first ever female head captain. It was very exciting. And it was very exciting. We've, we had had female captains before, but, but never, never had, had captains. Head captain. yeah, and it was, it was super exciting. And, yeah, I thought it, it was exciting, and also was exciting was the fact that people brought up, like, I want a woman mm-hmm. as... A head captain because like yeah. I want I want that because it's a co-ed sport yeah um and our our so. I also found out last night that most teams don't have as many girls on them as ours does oh yeah ours is I didn't realize that we like our team is pretty much 50 50 mm-hmm. that's not we, true of yeah other teams. it's not it's not common and so I found that out last night and I was like that's fucking cool yeah I like that indeed Cool. So what question are we going to ask? I don't know. Well, the women one is definitely going to be one of the polls. I guess just, like, the primary poll, it might have to be open-ended, because I don't know how to give options. Yeah. So the primary poll, we'll just be asking about your experience with the people in position of power and the gender breakdown. For example, in the United States, we've never had a female president. Or a female vice president. True. 
All right, I'll figure the wording of that out cool. a little later. Secondary poll is women. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Okay. We'll see which one wins. Mm, I'm excited. <laughs> it's like when people do, like, the Twitter polls that are, like, snail races. Mm, yeah. <gasps> a cow, cow race? <laughs> Tertiary poll. Cow race. Can we do Herbert versus Georgie? Yeah. Cool. Okay. Oh, wait, but then... No, I don't want to I don't. their feelings. I don't... Oh. <laughs> but also, what if people... Because we... I don't think it's going to be a referendum on us. I think it's going to be the referendum on their names. Uh, I'm still... Okay, I mean, we can, but I'm going to be... Upset. Or we could just do a car race. We can just do a car race. We'll just do a car race. Okay. <laughs> uh, what's your beef of the week? I know what my beef of the week oh. is. Speaking of women. My beef <laughs> of the week... Well, not all women, and also not... Whatever. Okay. My beef of the week is menstruation, that's all. Oh! Me too. I'm... That's also mine. My boyfriend recently experienced me having cramps for the first time. Mm. He truly, it was very sweet. Had no idea what to do. He was like, what, do you need anything? And I was like, no, I can just, like, actively feel blood coming out of my body. And, like, I'm in a lot of pain. And he was like. And, like, like, I just want to. Oh, I was, like, squirming. (laughs) Like, my feet move around a lot when I'm in pain. But I said that, and he was like, I'm eating right now and I was like so am I and there's blood coming out of me so <laughs> you all think I'm grossed out nice yeah I would also like my beef of the week to yeah, menstruation my beef of the week is menstruation and anyone who is out there who menstruates you probably understand and anyone out there who doesn't <laughs> want to be you that's so offensive I asked my male friend the other day what it was like. It was Perry. Yeah. I asked him what it was like to never have a period, and he was like, pretty great. And I was like, well, fuck you. Imagine, like, never... Imagine being able to, like, go and play sports, or go swimming, or go on vacation without ever having to think about the fact that you might start bleeding. It's, like, and it's something that, like, you just think about all the time. Like, the week before my period started this month, I was like, I feel it coming. And I was like... I think I have, like, a day or two. And you can just, yeah. like, feel it and know. But I had to think about that. Like, all right, yeah. I'm feeling this way. This is happening. I probably have this many days. I, like, I think about, okay, I, I would always think about it in terms of, like, tournaments and gymnastics mm-hmm. meets. It's like, will I uh, be able to avoid? And it's like, you can't control it. But, like... But, like, I would I would pay attention. I would be like, okay, it looks like I'm safe for this tournament. Mm-hmm. This tournament might be an issue. Our uniforms are white. Yeah. We wear white shorts. <laughs> yeah. And then when you're in gymnastics, you're in a fucking leotard. Yeah. It's like, well, what am I So... That always stressed me out a lot. Yeah. It's not fun. I just, sometimes I just think about how men don't have to think. If you're someone... They don't ever have to worry. They don't even think about periods at all, ever. No, they don't have they, to. Every day of the month, they can just do whatever they want without <laughs> thinking. I mean, they think about periods in a different way. I mean, who... Get over yourselves. <laughs> I, well, no, I know. I'm just saying, like... It's much worse Oh yeah. Sometimes I don't I don't think I I don't think I wanna go into this. I'm really ace, okay? Well no, it's just sometimes I will be asked where I am on my cycle. Just to know what can be done at that point in time. And it's just funny because I'm like, oh this is the only worry you have about this. Like this That's is the so frustrating. That's so frustrating to me. Well, I mean, it's not like I'm mad at Oh, I know. But it, it's funny that, It's not like, their fault. No, but, but... it's funny, like, like, that's the biggest concern that people without periods have if they're people that have sex, is, like, is this going to impede my sex having for a week? And it's, like, that's the only reason they have to think about it. And it's not, yeah, it's not their fault, and I'm it's not, not mad fault. about it, but, like... But I'm, but I'm mad, but... But I'm, I'm jealous. Yeah, I'm jealous. Yeah, it is funny. Well, that's upsetting. Yeah. All right, well... <laughs> You can find our multiple polls on our cow race. Yes. On our Twitter. We do cow race every week. I don't know. Maybe. Um, Stand cow race. <laughs> at Sounds Fake Pod. You can find all of our other social medias by, I mean, we're Sounds Fake Pod everywhere. Soundsfakepod.com. That's true. Soundsfakepod.tumblr.com. Soundsfakepod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Hit up our social media if you we'll haven't have seen it. Georgie and Herbert yet. They will be there and looking cute. We will be using our social media to keep you updated on our live stream. Once again, that's May seventeenth, five thirty p.m. Eastern. Also, if you want to be keep keep kept 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 updated on our lives, as follow our a personal. lot of things change soon. Yeah, a lot of you. I tweeted that I had my last class ever. Mm-hmm. Um, it was for those of you who asked. It was my feminist. Oh my class god, that are you no longer last... in a feminism? Class? Well, I still have my paper to write, oh. but it was funny because it was my last <laughs> class, and someone asked. Was it a feminism class? And I was like, fuck. Um, <laughs> but a lot of you liked my tweet, and it was very sweet. Yes. 
in a lot of these sections. I'm yeah, so. at Costielli, C-O-S-T-I-E-L-L-I-E everywhere. Ooh. Unfortunately, I, I still am trying to change it, but it could be years. Probably. And I am Kayla underscore K-A-S. Yeah, boy. Yeah. Validate us. Honestly, please. <laughs> um, Someone recently commented on one of my Instagram posts, um, a yeah. listener, and I commented back and they like freaked out that I answered. That's... And I was like, I'm, I have like three followers on Instagram. Like, it's not... Yeah. I'm not... <laughs> We're not that famous yet, y'all. We're not famous yet. at all, as a matter of fact. Yet. The, the dream is to just be slightly famous enough that I can have the little blue check mark. Mm-hmm. I that means like I can... Mark. That means I can get a handle that is my name. Mm-hmm. Like, that's literally the only reason I want to get verified. That's fair. Is because I want to be able to have my name as my handle on both Instagram and I, Twitter. I would like... I mean, if you have the money, you can do that now anyway because you can pay someone off. But I would like our social medias to be verified. Or, I think on Instagram it's, like, verified or, like, over 10,000 followers. And you can do, like, the swipe up on stories mm-hmm. and have links. We can't do that right now. And it's so impeding to yeah. not be able to share fucking links. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would like. <laughs> All right. I also like free things. I would like to be on PR lists. Okay. Why would you not? I just didn't even think oh, about I, that. Oh, I want to be famous for the free things. For the free things. Mostly. <laughs> mostly. Interesting. All right. Well, but anyway. If you want to help us get famous, question mark, you can <laughs> donate money to us. Yeah, send us free money. Through That's our PayPal or our Patreon, patreon.com slash soundsfakepod. I just realized the patrons aren't pulled up. The patrons aren't pulled up. Panic, panic, panic. I don't think there's anyone new. <laughs> um, our $2 patrons are Keith McBlain, Roxanne, Alice is in Space, Anonymous, Quinn Pollock, Nathan Dennison, and Mariah Walzer. $5 are Jennifer Smart, Astritha Vinakota, Austin Landry, Finney, Perry Fierro, my Aunt Jeannie, thank you for the cows, D, and Benjamin Ibarra, Ibarra, I, Benjamin, you didn't tell us. We didn't really ask you. <laughs> well, <laughs> if, if you'd like me to pronounce your name correctly, hit us up. Yeah. <laughs> Our $10 patrons are Kevin and Tessa, at Dirty Uncle Kevin, and at Tessa underscore M underscore K, Sarah Jones, who can be found at, at Eternal Lolly, Arkness, who would like to promote the Trevor Project, and our $15 patrons are Nathaniel White, Nathaniel J. WhiteDesigns.com, and Anonymous, who would like to promote the end of the semester, I believe, still. Probably. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Sunday for more Rest in Your Ears. And until then, take good care of Herbert and Georgie. Yay.